Welcome to Happy Trails, the podcast for trail riders. Episode 4, 10 Essential Skills for Trail Horses. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jess. It's April 2020, and the world's being ravaged by COVID-19. Quarantine and lockdowns have led to the closure of many public parks that are frequented by us trail riders. Riding has been banned in certain places, and some folks aren't even allowed to see their horses due to restrictions at boarding barns. If you have access to your horses, you're the envy of many. However, you may still be feeling the sting of our new reality as your access to trails is restricted, and you're stuck at home left thinking, what do I do now? I'm in the same boat. I'd rather be out exploring the trails, and I feel a little lost without that beloved aspect of riding. I'm extremely lucky to be where I am right now. We're camped at a very small private ranch on the outskirts of Las Vegas. There's an arena, round pen, and an obstacle course. So I've made up my mind to use this time to improve my horsemanship and my horse's abilities. Recently, I called up my friend Mary Schmidt for some inspiration. She lives in Jackson, Wyoming, and the Tetons are her home turf. I mean, my credentials are that I ride in the Tetons, and everything here can end up being epic. It's just the kind of country it is. It's, you know, you can have civilization and a great sushi place, you know, 10 minutes from where you're dialing 911. Mary and her horse Dutch are seasoned trail companions. Mary is a member of the local backcountry horseman chapter and the Jackson Hole Police Citizens Mounted Unit. She and Dutch have seen it all, so I asked her what kind of skills are essential for a trail horse to have. You're going to see a theme here. They're either going to come down to horsemanship or they're going to come down to uh, the very things that you would do maybe in an obstacle course. So one of the most important to me is standing still to mount. It's just so important because you may find yourself on a trail that's on the side of a hill and if your horse isn't standing still, you could lose your footing as you're trying to get on. That's just one example. But it's just so much more pleasant when your horse stands still. So what can you do to teach your horse to stand still? There's a million things online that you can research. Um, one of the things is some mounting block training. If you train your horse to um, stand near a mounting block, your horse will then stand near a rock or stand near a log so you can get on. Also, once you train your horse to stand near a mounting block, you might be able to train him to stand the other direction near the mounting block and practice mounting on the offside. And this is, a, to me, a crucial skill. When does this come in handy? It comes in handy when the uphill is on your right side and the downhill is on your left side. And you don't want to get off on the downhill. Because if your horse shifts, he might shove you down the hill. Mounting on the outside is awkward unless you practice it. And it's a really fun thing to practice in an arena. Um, get, get that right foot in the stirrup. It will seem so weird. Make sure your horse has a good stand going. So do the mounting block training and the standing still training first. And then try to get on your horse from the offside. Critical skill. It's fun. You can just kind of play with it until you've exhausted everything in your imagination for standing still to mount. You can mount from the bumper of your trailer. See if your horse will do that. 
Mount from the side of the fence. See if your horse will do that. But ultimately, that's going to keep you safe on the trail if your horse will stand still where you put him when you're trying to get your foot in the stirrup. Yeah, that is a really great skill for a horse to have. And it's so often overlooked. I think a lot of people just don't have the patience to deal with it because they just want to get on and ride. Yeah. How do you think people can retrain themselves in order to have the patience to actually go through the proper training steps? Yeah, that's the important one. I mean, they have to want to. They have to experience something that scared them or that they disliked about their horse before they ask the question about how to fix it. And and that's probably what I did too. And so now I, I look ahead a lot. Like, what if, what if, what if, why do I want my horse to do this? Because, you know, if he, if he can't walk a straight line over a bridge, we're going to fall off <laughs> and, you know, things like that. The next one I would um, definitely want to have from a horse is leading from a loose line, whether it's the rein or the halter rope. And an extension of that is stop when I stop. What that means is that you don't want your horse to continue to walk and close the gap between you and him or her. Why is this important? You may find yourself on a trail where you come up on a section that has washed completely out and it looks a little tough to navigate the soil doesn't look like it's quite firm. You would rather not be on your horse if his weight is going to cause the thing to cave in. What you could do is you can get off your horse, lead your horse. Your horse stops well behind you while you investigate. If you determine that you can then walk over it, you can continue moving forward and your horse will move forward, but not be on top of you and not shove you into an unsafe situation. And this one's really fun to do in an arena. You start with, um, if you use the Pirelli backup, which is shaking the line and the horse backs up as you're facing him, and then you transition to turning your back on the horse and you walk a small distance with a loose line and you can exaggerate your stop so the horse knows you're about to stop. Some people jump up in the air and then plant both feet. And sometimes it actually makes the horse stop because they think you're a crazy person. Um, But if they take another step forward after that, you turn and shake the line until they move back. They correct that one step forward. And that's, it's a super easy thing to train a horse to do. And it is a safety issue um, because you really don't want to be leading your horse from under its chin when you're in a situation where if he moves the wrong way or even rubs his head on you, it could put you in danger. So that's another critical thing that I think a good trail horse should be able to do. And it's fun to work on in an arena. And you can work on this at the trot and see how fast your horse can stop when you stop. A nice measure is if the line is not touching the ground and then you stop and the line is still not touching the ground between you and the horse and the horse has got it down really well. If the line touches the ground, the horse has come forward a little bit too much, and you can correct that. I think it's important to be able to send a horse over an obstacle. So again, that's from the ground. Why is this important? Why are we not walking over it from the horse's back? Well, let's say it's a tree that's come down, and again, it's on one of those trails where you've got an uphill to your left and a downhill to your right. 
and the tree is two or three feet in diameter. And the only way over it is on the downhill side, and it looks precarious. If the horse loses his footing on the edge of the trail, you might not really want to be on his back, but you might want to walk over that obstacle and then ask your horse to come over it or send your horse over it first. And that's different than leading the horse over the obstacle because when you're sending a horse over an obstacle or asking him to go over it before you go over it, you are not in front of the horse. So when the horse goes over that thing, he doesn't knock you over. You're not in his path. So looking up online or, or researching your favorite trainer, they all have a methodology for this on the ground and you can practice it in an arena. You can put some um, cavalettis down and send your horse over those and see uh, how willingly he goes over when you're driving from the side, from the shoulder of the horse. Um, nice long line so the horse has plenty of room to maneuver himself. Other things you can send a horse over are barrels laying on their sides. Those are super fun. The horses usually have to jump those. Um, but practice that in an arena. That's uh, a great skill to have. And it only helps when you're in the saddle, getting them used to stepping over those types of obstacles. I think that simulation of jumping over an obstacle on the trail is really great because when you're in a situation where the trail is obscured by a big log or something like that, you may have a saw with you, but you're not going to cut through a three foot diameter log. No, Maybe you can one. take some small branches off to clear a path, but at some point you're going to have to ask your horse to jump and most trail riders are probably not trained to jump over an obstacle that large. And what a lot of people don't think about is if they are not secure in their seat when they are trying to clear an obstacle like this, they are most likely going to fall on the horse's neck and throw the horse off balance. Exactly. And that is extremely dangerous in the situation that you talked about where there might be a drop off or loose soil on a hillside after clearing the obstacle. Exactly. So that is that is really really great advice to get off and have your horse trained and to be comfortable navigating an obstacle like that on their own. Yep. Yep. And again, all of these things are things that I've either found myself um, drawing from or seen other people struggle with on actual trails. So uh, none of this is fantasy. It's it's all things that I've encountered. Um, another really, really good one is teaching your horse how to give away his or her own space and how to also give space to another horse. We've all been around horses that have large personal bubbles, and that's fine if you have a lot of room to give them. But a lot of times you find yourself in some very tight quarters, uh, you know, accidentally, or that's just the way the trail is. And the horses really need to be comfortable with another horse inches away from them, behind them, or in front of them. And if that's impossible, if the horse in front of them is just, you know, not having it, your horse needs to know how to give that horse space. In other words, to rate its speed at your request um, and give that horse plenty of personal space. So those are both amazing things to do. And not only in front and behind, but side by side. 
see how close your horse can get to another horse um, and tolerate it and work on both sides, left and right. See if your horse can carry itself in the kick zone of another horse. In other words, having its head on the hip of another horse slightly to one side or the other. This is an exercise that we do in my mounted patrol training that has turned out to be invaluable on the trail because a lot of horses don't want to willingly put themselves in the kick zone of another horse. Now, obviously, if you're going to practice this in an arena with friends, you need to make sure that you are practicing it with some horses that are very tolerant. So if your horse is not tolerant, make sure the other horses that are there are tolerant and will allow your horse to get over his fear. And um, I just think this is really important. I found myself on a trail, I can't, I think it was last summer, and it was very exposed, a very narrow little trail on a steep hillside um, up here at Jenny Lake in Grand Teton National Park. And I was committed. I was halfway across a scree field. And three riders came out of the woods from the other direction. And they tried to back their horses up, but there wasn't enough room for two of the three horses to get back into the woods. And I had to inch my horse past a completely unfamiliar horse facing the other way. I was on the downhill side and our stirrups were touching when I went by and if our two horses had not been really solid trail horses and comfortable with that I could have gone tumbling down the hill I I had faith in my horse I was grateful that the other horse was also equally solid in that situation but you just find yourself sometimes needing to have horses very close together and so practice it in the arena bring some friends get a little closer see how your horse tolerates it don't ask for too much at once but get to the point where you can be boot to boot or head to hip or head to tail Um, practice all positions with your horse and make sure he or she is comfortable on the heels of the giving up space and being able to give space to another horse um, I can be anywhere in the line of horses You want your horse to be able to lead. You want your horse to be able to follow. You want your horse to be able to be in the middle, which is a little bit intense because they're sandwiched by two horses. So um, if you have the horse that can be anywhere, you're going to be the happiest on a trail ride because as everyone else struggles with their horse and says, my horse has to be in front or my horse won't lead, you can just enjoy your ride from any position in the lineup of horses. Um, I think this is really important. And I can't tell you how happy both my horses have made me by being that horse or learning that skill because it, it just gives me one less thing to worry about on my own trail rides. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll go to the back. I'll lead the ride. I'll do whatever makes all the other horses happy. So that's how I feel about that. But also, you want your horse to be able to leave the group. Um, 
And this is hard for a lot of horses. They don't like to be left behind. And sometimes they don't like to move forward and leave the group if they're in the front. And so what I do with my friends, if I have a horse that's just learning that skill, I will, if I'm in the front, turn around and say, do you guys mind if I trot off to X point over there and then trot back? And if you will hold your horses in a walk, that would be great because my horse will learn how to move away from the group. And um, usually it goes well and you just you do as much as you think the horse can handle so you go a little ways away and then a little further ways and you always bring the horse back so he knows that as he moves away from the group he will eventually be able to come back um and same thing with letting the group walk away from your horse um let people know what you're doing so that they understand and are with the program and stop your horse let the other people walk walk on and see what happens with your horse. See how long your horse can tolerate it. Don't push him over the edge, but reward him by getting back to the group or having the group stop and letting you catch up so that they know, I might take you away, but I will always bring you back. And why is this skill important? Um, well, one time uh, my friend's horse pulled back, untie, well, he didn't untie himself from a tree. He ran off with the tree. Uh, ran off into the woods and my horse was left standing all by himself he needed to ride away from the rest of the horses my friend jumped on him to go find her horse so it was important that he was able to leave the rest of the horses we had with us to go find her horse in an emergency thank god it was the horse was okay. It wasn't a person emergency, but it, it could be that. It could be that someone gets hurt on your trail ride and one person has to peel off and go get help. And if your horse tells you, no, I'm not down with that, then you're in a situation where you're not going to be helpful to the person that's hurt. So Yeah, there, there are so many situations like emergencies are, are the biggest thing, but mm -hmm. even even non-emergency situations, if you need to separate in order to go scout the trail mm -hmm. or go back and retrieve something that you dropped on the ground, it's, exactly. it's just good practice to be able to separate your horses. But yeah, or if your horse throws a shoe and you y'all talk and everyone else wants to continue on, you're okay by yourself. But you've got to be able, your horse has to be able to be by himself and go back, you know, limp back to the trailer or whatever it is. Um, so there are, and it, let's say you get invited to move cows. That's always really exciting. And you never want to turn that down. But you don't want your horse saying, no, I'm not going to leave the other horses to go get the, that pair under the willows over there. I mean, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so it's it's just a good skill to have to have your horse be able to separate out and come back to the string of horses without becoming alarming to you. So tying quietly, that's another one. You want to stop and have lunch. You want your horse to tie quietly. Or again, somebody got hurt. Maybe they're not hurt seriously, but you want to check and make sure they're okay. And you need to tie your horse up because you're going to try to make sure this person's head isn't, you know, gashed or whatever you want your horse to tie and stand quietly and not fuss and pull back and 
you can do it in the arena at first because you can keep an eye on them, tie them to something solid, not to panels. But um, if you have trouble with your horse tying quietly, don't ask for a lot at first. Ask them to stand quietly for, you know, a minute or five minutes, whatever in their wheelhouse. Walk away, come back, reward them. Ask them to stand for 10 minutes, walk away, come back, reward them. You can develop a really fun program for that. And then from that, you can even advance on to ground tying, which is just putting the lead rope on the arena floor and seeing if your horse will stay there while you walk 10 paces away or walk a circle around him or her. Um, Those are really fun. And then you just keep moving the distance further and further away and rewarding your horse for not moving. Um, So great thing to work on in the arena. That's also really great practice for camping with your horse. Yes, perfect. A lot of campgrounds have hitching posts, not corrals. So if your horse is going to have to stand tied at a hitching rail all night, they need to know that that's a comfortable, safe place to be and they shouldn't be anxious about it. Likewise, I've been in situations where I've had to hard tie to my trailer overnight and I didn't just spring that on the horses the day of. I spent weeks building up to that by bringing the horses out, tying them to the trailer, grooming, walking away for 10 minutes, coming back, and then progressing to longer and longer and longer periods of time being tied to the trailer, sometimes with hay to keep them occupied, other times with nothing so that they understood that they needed to just stand there calmly no matter what. Exactly. let me tell you, it has come in handy so many times while we've been on the road. We had to literally park on the side of of a road, not in traffic or anything, but a a quiet road back in the woods because we couldn't find anywhere to stay that night. And the horses just had to stand there. And what a great skill. What a great skill. I love that. What else you got? Oh, I got more foot placement and dexterity, which includes being able to back up. Um, And this, I mean, if you're a dressage person, you're all over this because um, if you know you can move your horses left front or right front or left hind or right hind, you can get yourself out of any jam you need to get out of. You can do a beautiful 180 degree turn on a narrow trail because you know that your horse knows how to move its feet and you know how to direct it. Um, So that's just fun, just making sure that you can get them uh, moving their feet, moving their foot once if that's all you want, or moving their feet rapidly if that's what you need. Um, So you can finesse this to the nth degree and um, things to work on in an arena would be things like um, turning on the haunches, turning on the forehand, backing through an L. The backing through an L is so much fun because it allows you to understand whether or not your horse can negotiate a turn. Um, Maybe there's a turn on the trail and you've got to back up, back over something a little uncomfortable, like maybe some pile of plastic bottles back around a barrel that's that's really important you need to be able to move your horse's feet left right forward and backward um, as slowly or quickly as 
the situation may require. And so you can you can just literally make up any combination of fun things in an arena to figure that out. Um, but it'll it'll come in handy. Another good skill, now this is something that it might not be one of the most basic skills, but after you get some of the basic ones down, a good advanced skill is your horse being able to pony another horse, even if it's an unfamiliar horse. And this goes back to the whole spatial issue, right? Or your horse being able to be ponied by another horse. Um, I have trouble with this because Dutch doesn't feel that he should have to be ponied by anybody. So I have to work on it quite a bit. Um, He likes to get out ahead of the other horse and kind of generally be bossy. Um, But if I get hurt, and even if I'm able to sit in the saddle, I may not be able to steer effectively. So one of my friends might have to pony him for me. And he needs to be able to do that without being a dink. Um, But that is a very real situation you may find yourself in. And you can be helpful if your horse can be helpful. Um, So those are, are two things that working on in the arena is amazing because it's safe. You can pony the horse for 10 yards and then turn it loose or give it back to its owner. Um, But a great skill for horses to have. Yeah, that's a good one. So as uh, you probably surmised, obstacles and obstacle courses are critical for having a really good trail horse because You also need a horse that'll go through water. You need horses that know how to open gates. You need horses that can go over bridges. Um, Strange and variable footing, which in my world is quicksand or bogs, you know, or a thin veneer of ice over a puddle and the horse thinks it's 20 feet deep. If you work in an arena with Anything you can think of to ask your horse to trust you and go forward through something that is unfamiliar to them, you're going to end up having a much better time on the trail when you do encounter something that maybe you and your horse have never seen before. Because you've got at least a little bit of the mental um, capacity to give it a try. I'm actually really excited to be at this facility where we are now, where there is an arena and there is a round pen and they even have um, an obstacle course set up in the back. That's so fun. Yeah, it's a unique opportunity for me because we're we're usually just out in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Right. Not at an actual horse facility. So I have all of these tools here and I'm really trying to mentally stay up beat enough even with everything that's going on like I feel like subconsciously the state of the world has really affected me negatively. oh me too yeah and it's just so difficult to keep a positive attitude and be motivated for the future well and then Jess do you feel because I feel this I'm sitting here in Jackson Hole you know wah right I'm not sick you know, life could be a lot worse for me. And I almost feel guilty because there are nurses and doctors dying in New York to save people. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I have a little bit of that going on too, that that's stressing me out. Like I should be less happy 
because other people are really being put through the ringer. They really are giving their lives for this. And I, I, I feel a little bit helpless because, yeah, it's like, what can I do besides try not to get infected so I don't infect anybody else? And that, that's just a, a weird feeling, you know? Yeah, I get that too. I feel like I have some of the guilt as well. Like, yeah, you're playing with your horses and every time I go outside and I have my horses right here and I can do stuff with them. Right. You know, a little bit of a shame and guilt in riding or even going out and enjoying our other hobby, which is rock climbing. I mean, in certain right. areas of the country, that's not allowed at this time. And right. things are closed. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, there is a lot of talk going around saying that we shouldn't ride at all because if you do get hurt, you're putting a strain on on the hospital and the healthcare workers. Okay, but, but then I shouldn't go um, cross country skiing with my dog like I did this morning because I might I might fall, I might hurt myself. Um, my dog might run into me and trip me. I shouldn't be on a ladder in my house doing any projects because I might fall. You know, it's, it, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep writing. <laughs> yeah. I am too, but I think that it is wise and responsible to genuinely assess your horse's training, their, their mental state when you ride. Right. Um, you know assess the risks and don't put yourself in harm's way unnecessarily okay and that is a perfect summary for trail riding (laughs) because I am not opposed to getting off my horse if I feel like I'm being asked to do something that is not in my or my horse's comfort zone I will get off and that's why some of this groundwork is good because if you can then negotiate whatever it is from the ground with your horse, you'll feel so much better about your decision to get off, getting your horse through this problem, whatever it is. And I feel like um, people, when they choose trail riding partners, should choose partners that support them in any of anything they need to do with their horse and vice versa. Absolutely. If you're riding people who are going to make you feel bad for getting off or doing something slowly and cautiously, those are not the people you should be with. Do you remember the first time I rode with you when, when we were um, riding to two ocean Lake Mm -hmm. first time we encountered the bridges in that area, which were just, what are they like four foot wide boards with no rails yeah. on the side going across a, a ditch? <laughs> I wasn't sure how my horses were going to react. So I got off and walked across them the first time to show them that it was okay. And then we rode across others. Right. And I mean, I would do that in front of anyone. I don't care what someone thinks of me, but not everyone knows that that is okay to do in that situation. I think we just have to go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing. Right. I think a lot of people also have not spent their entire lives with horses and with different breeds and personalities and 
you know, just not had an all around exposure to all of the things that can potentially go wrong and all of the ways the horse can be hurt and all of the ways the human can be hurt. Yeah. So until you really have that perspective, you might be a little blase about safety. Yes. And good on you for being blase because otherwise you'd be terrified if you were just (laughs) sort of starting out. Right. But, um, you know, we're not here to terrify anybody, but things can go wrong. And um, in my opinion, you try to mitigate whatever you can because something that you didn't think of or, you know, something that absolutely was unpreventable will ultimately rear its ugly head. So let's try to prevent the things that we can um, and have really good, safe, solid trail horses. My conversation with Mary was so inspiring. Every skill she mentioned has a real-world application that is fundamental to your safety and comfort on a trail ride. Speaking with her got my wheels turning, and now I have a long list of things to work on with my horses. The biggest priority in this list is improving River, my Tennessee walking horse's strength and balance so that she can give me a smooth gait instead of pacing. I plan on doing some short sessions of 10 to 20 minutes in the round pen, I'll lay out ground poles four feet apart and ask her to trot over them. I hope to eventually install a verbal trot cue. After a while, when the trot is solid and consistent, I'll do the same exercises over Cavaletti mounted. Hopefully this will set us up to progress to a running walk or rack. Mackenzie needs a dressage refresher to improve her rhythm, balance, and relaxation in the arena. She's also one of those mares with a very large personal bubble, so hopefully I can work on exposing her to strange horses while we're here at this barn. Both horses are extremely buddy-sour because we pretty much go everywhere together all of the time, so I'll work on that too. Everyone wants a great horse, athletic, obedient, and game for anything, but it takes a lot of training to get there. It's not easy to build the perfect horse, and it certainly doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, something that's usually in short supply. Now that we're all sheltering in place, this is the perfect opportunity to identify holes in your horsemanship, set some goals, and make a plan to work on your horse. Go through Mary's list of 10 essential trail horse skills and see if your horse can do all of them. Number one, stand still to mount. Number two, offside mounting. Number three, leading from a loose line and stopping when you stop. Four, send over an obstacle. Five, tolerate strange horses in their space. Six, ride in any position in a line of horses. Number seven, be able to separate from the group. Eight, tie and stand quietly. Number nine, control foot placement. Number 10, pony and be ponied. The time you spend improving these skills now will set you up for success when you are able to get back out on the trail. So go out to the barn, grab your horse, play around with some obstacles, and get creative in the arena. And most importantly, have fun while you're at it. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy trails. The Happy Trails podcast was created and produced by me, Jessica Isbrecht. The show's music was written and performed by Jason Shaw. 